Hello everybody and welcome to episode 71 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and uh, once again, back alongside me, as always, is... I'm clean my glasses so I can see I my once, once Back alongside me once again is I'm cleaning my glasses. I'm cleaning my glasses too. But that's not your name. Alright, my name's Chris Finn. Say hello to the peoples, Chris. Hello to the peoples, Chris. He's going to be very detrimental to this recording oh, I think word of the day toilet paper Alan has <laughs> detrimental oh dear this, I can just sense this is going to be a very very hard recording session why are we talking about Colin Baker instead of Tom Baker not yet but that is a future <laughs> episode not too far away in the distant uh, future can we not just jump in the TARDIS and then just skip them just skip that <laughs> once we get the Davison jump to uh, Eccleston. <laughs> I would stop off at McCoy just to pay him a wee visit and then I'll go on to Eccleston. Like, hello, let's have a wee visit, can we have a cup of tea? And stop it! <laughs> but yes, everybody, welcome to episode 71 of Operation Shock, The fourth episode in our 11 episodes dedicated to the 11 men who have played the Doctor. Officially, we know there are other men who have played the Doctor, but this is the official... Uh, line so number four as you will all no doubt realize is indeed Tom Baker the man arguably the most popular man to have played the role only seems to be challenged nowadays by a certain David Tennant which is interesting um, mainly because probably they meant so much to the show in their sort of times they played I think you would say that Baker is the favorite classical but apparently I was reading somewhere that we're meant to call them um, what was that I read? Was it in this? Why well, someone tried to coin a term yeah, for the older doctors? Yeah, co- coin a term now, and I can't remember what it was. Retro, was classical. Was something Moffat wrote. Was it something Moffat wrote? I remember reading. Trust, it. trust Stephen Moffat. They would want to try and rewrite. No, I remember. He calls them. I remember reading it, and I was just like, "Is it here?" No. Original doctors? No, it was yeah. something weirder than that. So it was, and it was just a case of somebody said that. Um, oh, he, maybe it was here. Uh, well, you fell while I give this wee quick read. It just seems a wee bit weird that somebody would want to try and kind of change the idea of what we've been calling the doctors by calling them classical doctors or retro doctors or older doctors. Yeah, I don't think they've called them that. I can't remember if it was in this. It was in something that I read. And basically, they said that instead of calling classical doctors, we we have to call them something else now. No, we don't have to. We can call them what we want. Ta very much, Mister Moffat. <clears throat> it might not be Moffat. I'm just jumping to conclusions because such is my way. But anyway, we're getting off track, and that's what my fault is. But okay. So anyway, we're going to hand things over to you because you're the man in charge of the notes for Tom Baker. That is correct. So, would you like to tell all the lovely peoples out there in internet lands? Um, which episode of Tom Baker shall be uh, discussed We today? decided to talk about Robot because it fleetingly features John Pertwee for all of about two seconds, so that's the reason why I, I decided to choose Robot. Uh, no, it's not very, really. very, very self-serving no, individual. Because um, with, each, with each regeneration, you have what's called like a safety net almost. You ha- still have the companion there who's going to help bring the new Doctor in. And with the fourth Doctor, you still have the companion in Sarah Jane, but you also have the unit team, you know, so you have Brigadier, you have Sergeant Benton, and you have um, um, Captain Yates as well. So they're there to help the Doctor kind of, you know, find his feet 
and put, put the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah, exactly. Right. So um, the, we start off that Tom Baker uh, very animated, you know, like as he um, as he starts to get his faculties together, and there's a new character called Harry Sullivan, um, who will then become a future companion, um, and um, he's. He's the doctor, mm-hmm. so um, he goes to the doctor. Hi, I'm the doctor, and goes like, "But I'm the doctor," and goes like, "But I'm the doctor." No, I'm the doctor, and he says something to do with he's unfit, and, he, and Tom Baker says, "What? I'm unfit. I'm perfectly fit." And he's running on the spot, and he's doing all these, all these star jumps yeah. and everything, and you're like, "What? Why, why are you doing that?" And this is the first time. Obviously, he was in Pertwee's clothes, and then we see him in the gown, and he sees his face in the reflection mm-hmm. to which he says that the nose is an improvement because mm-hmm. obviously in Pertwee's one he says that he didn't really like the nose whenever and, and he says about the eyebrows oh these would be great for communicating with whatever <laughs> it was um, so the doctor then goes into the TARDIS um, and comes out wearing a barbarian outfit to which the brigadier um, says that it's just possible you might attract attention um, then a playing card comes to life because he comes out looking like a jack and mm. um, it just looks very strange. Do you know what this whole sort of sequence kind of reminds me of almost is I know it's done in a completely different style but the way we see once Tent has regenerated into Smith the way Smith is walking around and basically trying all these different types of food mm. it's almost semi like a comparison is yeah. you know he's figuring out what sort of style of person he is in terms yeah. of not only his personality but what he's wanting to wear whereas Smith's kind of still figuring out who he is but he's just doing it by tasting all these different types of food and it's also one of the very very few times that you actually see the doctor eating something because mm-hmm. you don't really see them eating like I saw an episode where um, the third doctor was eating some cream cheese and goes like oh you should try this Joe it's tremendous and you're like I'm thinking I, at that point I thought I have never seen him eat anything mm-hmm. as Triton or as Hartnell but maybe I've missed that um, so then he's the Klein or Mime um, whatever way you want to look at it so then we get what we're used to the long s- scarf the hat and then this is the fourth doctor you know like once you see the scarf and you see the hat you know, like the Indiana Jones kind of style hat, um, then you know that that's the fourth Doctor. And he says, what about this? And he goes, oh, the Brigadier says, oh, well, it'll do. It'll do for now. Um, so basically the reason why the Doctor is in such a rush to get ready is because places have been broken into. There's been almost vehicle tracks. Uh, maybe they're having vehicular warfare. We don't know. Um, and... Um, they don't know what it is, um, so the doctor's going to go and uh, help them find out what it is, because there's plans for a disintegration gun. Um, so is it human that what, what it's like broke the chain and opened the safe? Um, so then we have the part where we remember that um, they're all crowded round, and Baker's sitting there with his feet up, and he yes. s- he says about you know like you've got all bases cover except, and he points down below, and then there's some gunfire they all run out and Baker jumps over and kind of goes run off and loses his hat his hat mm-hmm. just goes for a burden and he runs off um, so they actually find that the uh, robot has dug underground and come up through there whereas Sarah Jane being the journalist that she is just went to the think tank place um, which is um, 
where we find the main protagonists. Yeah. And um, the first episode ends with Sarah Jane face to face with the robot. And you're like, oh my! Cliffhanger. Yeah. What is, what is it with Sergey getting herself in that sort of trouble, posing as a flipping, you know, doing her journalistic things? Oh well. Uh, so we find out in episode two the robot is co- called K One, which I thought was interesting because mm. obviously we have a K Nine robot, which is to do with the dog. Exactly. Although it was funny because on was it um, that friggin' counter thing? You know, the a game show that Ben Shepard hosts. Oh yes, 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 yes. That uh, there was a. It says like uh, K nine is a um, uh, is referred to of what species of animal and the guy went cat and I was like oh my god what <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry how could anybody remotely get that question wrong you know when, <coughs> uh, I'm sorry I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because <laughs> that's just going to rile me up and hurt my head um, so the doctor wants to talk to Professor Kettlewell that's the guy the crazy scientist yes the guy that me. we love um, to see if he knows anything about the robot. So they go over and they meet Professor Kettlewell. Um, Brigadier's face after uh, Kettlewell's talking to the doctor and Brigadier says like, look, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but and Kettlewell turns around and goes, would you be quiet? And it's just the Brigadier's face. <laughs> it is just absolutely hilarious. It's just brilliant acting there by Nicholas Courtney. Um, so we have um, Joseph Chambers faces robots and he lost, he died. And the he robot- died? Yeah, he died. He died. He died, yeah. Um, we have the robot has conflict towards Kettlewell. He's been told to go and kill him, whereas he doesn't want to. So you can kind of see that, you know, it's almost like it has short, a heart. It's almost like short circuit. You know, like the robot's almost coming alive and kind of doesn't want to kill him. Um, so the robot's trying to kill the doctor, and um, you know that's underground wherever there's the pillars and the um, robot knocks yes. him off. Um, and then the doctor kind of gets his hat and puts his hat over its face and then it stops and he's like he looks at it and then it just karate chops him uh, the doctor then bangs his head on the step and Sarah Jane is standing there saying no don't don't hurt him don't hurt him well one thing before you skip on uh, what I want to kind of bring in here um, you know that's the doctor's first real major confrontation with the robot in this series of episodes now when you and me originally watched this episode together probably a good was a few years ago now probably yeah. two or three years ago at mo- uh, more yeah um we watched this before going to the doctor who experience uh-huh. could we even fathom what that robot was like until we saw it at the doctor who experience probably not but i do remember you commenting and saying could you imagine being the person who had to make that move mm-hmm. because you can actually see in one of the in the i think it's the, the third episode they're coming out of the house and he's got Sarah Jane and there's actually a guy behind him you know like he's pretending to take shelter behind him but you can actually see him almost going step 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 and then they go round and obviously you are firing at him and he the robot's facing facing west and he the, his back's there so by rights they should have killed him if they're shitting unless they're shitting at his head I don't know mm-hmm. but that, I just remember whenever I watch this rewatch this again um, I just remember you saying, could you imagine being in that suit? And even whenever we saw it, because the picture that I took beside it, my head reaches, and I, fair enough, I was on a wee bit of a stand, but my head kind of reaches up to where its arm was put down. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a big, tall... It was fairly big, like. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be... Now, yes, you know, you saw the size of it in the episode, but until you actually stood beside it in person, you were just like, whoa, this is actually pretty 
pretty darn big. Yeah, I think for that time as well, you know, it was obviously a big... Because it looked a lot better in person, because this is the thing, we look back and we see these older episodes and, you know, you've got the sort of, you've got the graining and all that sort of stuff, and you're like, for the time, that's a bit, you know, in comparison to nowadays, you're like, oh, that's a bit dodgy and yeah. so on. But when we actually got to see it in person, you're like, for the time that that was made you actually looked at it and you're like that's actually well put together yeah i think it's whenever you put see like the some tarns all put together and mm. you're like look what they've come or the cybermen like mm-hmm. some of the cybermen ones that i've seen just look it just looks like somebody's got tinfoil and just wrapped it around their head mm-hmm. but um so in episode three um sarah's obviously beside um the doctor and the robot remembers her compassion because the robot encountered a bit of a problem in one of the earlier episodes and Sarah kind of put its, her arm on it and you know like saying like are you okay and it almost remembers like, almost like the iron giant yeah it remembers her <laughs> compassion and then the robot comes confused and breaks down a door and Benton starts shitting at it and Sarah's like you don't need to shit at it and going like well we don't know what to it's do that, it's that old chestnut yeah so Kettlewell is bound and gagged in the cupboard uh, <laughs> uh, basically um they go back to unit and Benton's there and Sarah Jane's there with Kettlewell and says that we need to go like I think it's some SRS meeting and um, Benton says oh no you can't go like why are we members of unit such a bit and no are we under arrest no well then we're going and he's got a but but and it just gets totally owned and outsmarted which isn't really hard <laughs> um, so Kellowell wants to stop the world being spoiled um, against Sarah Jane and the doctor being killed so again like the robot he's having different feelings Sullivan phones a brigade to let him know they're moving to a bunker he's kind of been undercover and pretending he's like to look at their medical records yeah. at the think tank place um, we see the doctor uses the sock screwdriver to get rid of like the automated turrets so he actually just stands up and you know you just hear a couple of large blasts and then he goes okay that's us let's go and did you know that the sonic screwdriver can actually cut out locks so instead of opening a door it can actually if you have if you think of the end door um i was about to say door he can actually cut the lock out of that mm-hmm. with the sonic screwdriver did you know that i could do that no i didn't know i couldn't I d- that's one thing i didn't actually remember from this story at all well there you go uh, we then have a tank that comes in to try and blow up the robot, but the robot uses the disintegrator gun and the tank tank go bye bye goes bye bye, and that's leading you on to your your final episode. So you're thinking he's got a disintegrator gun, or he's got that gun that that's Chris can't even say. sell. He's got that gun that makes things go. Poof. Chris, um, Chris and Long Words do not go well together. No, they don't. I'm just thankful. Disintegration device. Yeah, um, that <laughs> gun. And so with episode four. Kettlewell's told to keep an eye on unit because they're obviously, you know, trying to rescue Sarah Jane who's been taken prisoner and so Sullivan as well. Um, unit um, distract the robot, allowing the doctor to try and finish the lock, so it's kind of like, oh we're over here, let's go. Um, so the interesting that they actually the doctor opens the lock and then the robot kinda turns around and Sarah Jane comes out and the doctor comes over, but the robot turns around and the doctor actually goes behind Sarah Jane, not in front of her, mm-hmm. but behind her, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. You know, it's almost a case of you first, my dear. Yeah, it's very dynamic. You know, the robots down there, so like, well, maybe I'll not harm Sarah Jane, so I'll go behind her. Yeah, no, that is actually when you think of it, that is quite smart considering the robot has shown a bit of feelings and stuff. You know, and Sarah Jane showing those feelings towards the robot, you know, would kind of 
maybe give the doctor just that wee bit of an advantage. So uh, Kettlewell meets his end by the robot who drops to the ground since he killed his creator. So it's almost like a, a Darth Vader no moment. <laughs> um, but it's better animated than that. Um, and obviously in the bunker they're trying to start a nuclear war. Uh, but the doctor stops it with two seconds to spare. And Robot says that Sarah will be saved while others will be destroyed and tries to start the countdown again. But um, <laughs> the Brigadier says this brilliant, brilliant line and says, For once, I would like to make an alien who wasn't immune to bullets, which I just thought was yeah. a splendid line. Um, so the Brigadier actually uses the disintegrator gun on the robot, well which, ma- which makes the robot bigger. Uh, like King Kong, um, the robot picks up the girl and put Sergian up like on a you know like on a, a roof or whatever um, and the doctor meanwhile has thought that he, the robot you know like there's like a almost like an antidote you know to try and burn the metal because of it you know it's not reacting to anything so K1 meets his end and just fades away and Sergian's quite distraught it seems and then we um, you know she said like um, she's basically just standing in the unit laboratory and she's looking quite distraught and we just hear would you like a jelly baby mm. so you just hear you know that and she doesn't take one and he says like come on we'll, we'll go on an adventure because well, what about the brigadier oh, what about the brigadier I'm not you know I'm not part of unit blah 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 and then she takes the jelly baby and then Sullivan comes in and says like where are you going and they say oh we're, we're going away you know like in 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 here and he says like you'll not all fit in there and um, the doctor says, well, go on, just humour me. And he takes a jelly baby and he goes, like, you'll not fit in there. And he snatches the jelly baby off and we go, well, go and try. And you just go, like, oh my goodness. And you just see them <laughs> laughing and they go in. And you just hear the TARDIS dematerialise. And the brigadier comes in and goes, like, uh, Doctor, we've got lunch with the Queen out. Um, and then he goes, like, yes, well, I'll tell them you'll be a little late. Yeah. And that's how it ends. And so, it is, in my opinion, that is a really cool ending to the episode so i just got a wee like synopsis here so a great outing for the fourth doctor's first adventure sarah jane and unit help make this an adventure what it is and i think this is one of the most quickest regenerations now what i mean by that if you look at spearhead from space Pertwee is in bed for the majority of it if mm-hmm. you look at the christmas invasion the same goes for Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Um if you look at davison he's in the um zero that's the one um, McCoy's all over the place because he's thinking that the Rani is actually um, Mel instead so it only really takes him maybe about 10-15 minutes maybe half of the first episode for him to actually get his bearings the action, and yeah. get everything there um, probably one of my favourite adventures of the fourth Doctor and it's because of the late great Nicholas Courtney and Elizabeth Sladen mm-hmm. um, that this is probably one of the reasons why it is one of my favourite ones I know, that is one of the sad things that kind of you get when you're looking back at these older episodes especially you know the Baker timeline because of Sarah Jane and the Brig being two of the most kind of important companions yeah. of the older era and you're looking at it now and you're going like both of them are no longer there and like you know, no offense to Baker, he's not going to be far behind them. At the, you know the age he is now, you yeah. know he's getting on. Um, but no, this is a really, really good episode. I'm surprised you didn't mention. It. Did Bessie not get a wee run out in this? Yes, I think I did, did a note there, but because I was basically near <laughs> enough writing everything, I thought like I've we've rambled for twenty minutes already. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk 
too much about stuff, but that's not the last we'll see of Bessie because maybe in an upcoming one she'll be featured in that. That's right, Peter Davison drives around <laughs> just in space. Um, but no, I was trying to give you the opportunity. I was thinking, oh, you'll take the opportunity to mention Bessie because you know it was Pertwee, but no, yeah. I did have I did have it there, but I just didn't mention it because mm-hmm. there was that much stuff going on, you know. Because again. Like whenever we talk about Davison's one, you know, like you have certain stories that have three or four companions, and if you yes. think about it, you have you have a robot you're talking about, you have the scientist, you have Brigadier, you have Benton, you have Sarah Jane, you have Sullivan, and then you have the Doctor. So you're There's talk- so many people to fit in. Yeah, exactly. So you know, like you're trying to talk about them all at, at once, rather than it's the Doctor and the Master with Joe, and that's it. Yeah, you know, so. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whenever we get on the Davison's one if we've got one with like four companions or if we've got one with like one companion well there is going to be a few companions but um, well no 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 we won't we won't we won't say anything just yet but is there anything overall for you that stands out in you know Baker's time as the Doctor there was a part that I was watching now it was on I actually watched the wedding of Sarah Jane and there's a beautiful scene at the end of it wherever Tennant is leaning against the TARDIS and he says to Sarah Jane don't forget me yeah. and Sarah Jane says they'll never forget you doctor that actually happened in her last episode with Tom Baker the hand of fear wherever yes. she says don't forget me and then the doctor says oh Sarah Jane don't you forget me so I thought that was an was interesting a nice throwback yeah. you know because whenever I watched that I was just like oh that happened that happened but that's, that's well. I, I remember that happening I remember going it's very weird that they did this in a Sarah Jane episode which is going to be primarily watched by kids who would mm. have no idea of that Yeah. obviously yes the likes of ourselves would specifically seek out that episode because we knew the likes of Tenant was going to be in it that's the reason why I've bought series 2 from CX for like 4 quid because it has the enemy of the being one that mm. has the Brigadier in it yes because it was a great episode you know, well. I just want to see that again mm. because I it's not Netflix and I can't find it on YouTube and I thought, well, if I own the DVD for... You'll, have to, you'll have to track down the episode of the Sergio Mon one that has Matt Smith in it because Joe's in it. I've got that one. Oh, you've got that? I've got that one, that, yeah. I would have been disappointed if you had Oh, no, I've got that one. Um, <laughs> so I have and um, uh, I enjoyed that one because it's just interesting to see. I mean, no harm in them, but, you know, obviously they're in their latter stages of life. Oh my god! The, auto, they, the autumn of their careers. They could still fairly pelt down a corridor, I'll tell I you know. what, you know, because even... Oh, there was one I was watching the other day. Sorry to get sidetracked, and um, it was to do with um, what one was it? I can't remember what episode. It was a Pertwee one, and there was all this mud, and you see them kind of walking along, and you just see Nicholas Courtney, and one foot goes one way, and one foot, so it's kind of whoop, oh. like he's on snow, and he just composes himself and carries on. You're like, okay, <laughs> um, but that was funny. Uh, but no, um, I mean. Tom Baker is the quintessential doctor for a lot of people. If you were to say Doctor Who, the people that would either say police box or they would say a long scarf. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, like as much as I love Part Wayne, as much as you love Davison, we would have to admit that out of the classic doctors, they would probably be the ones that would probably be the secondary tier. They'd be the runners up to yeah. Baker, and then obviously we'd have the McCoys and the unfortunately the Hartnells, which would be down yeah. the bottom because people. Just simply because they're older. Yeah. 
and not as many people are around that have enjoyed them as much yeah. anymore. Um, whether it was the case of it was Doctor Who starting, or whether it was like as um, our um, our last episode, one of our last episodes of Doctor Who was whenever somebody wrote in and said Sylvester McCoy their favourite story was death of a franchise because that's whenever Doctor Who kind of ended yes I remember that one yes. I remember that um, one but no um, I've tried to start watching more of Baker now but you are always partial to your favourite Doctor yeah. um, so I have got a couple of new stories of his to watch and that's one thing I love about Doctor Who is that it's 50 years old but you have such an extensive back catalogue it's not a case of you know like it's not like it's not like Disney but Disney after a while delete their titles and they do fair enough Doctor Who do the same but with the likes of eBay Amazon or secondary markets you're going to have you know plenty of them to do um, to go through oh there's plenty of options there's no lack of episodes at all and like I can easily watch Tom Baker episodes but as like you say um, I would much rather prefer to watch a Davison episode yeah. than I would a Baker episode. But no, likes of that, you know, Robot as the example, it is a very, very good episode. And considering it's his first episode as the Doctor, it you have to kind of you have to give him props for how well he, you know, did oh, totally. in it. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, uh, yes, production times, and it might not actually been his first film role and stuff like that. But for the first episode as an introduction, yeah. to him as the fourth Doctor, it is a very, very strong episode. Indeed. Yeah, it's not like whenever you see, like, say, Colin Baker, who just seems to be very dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like a McCoy seems. You know, like you. It's almost like you know. Baker was very comedic and Davison had that certain air of not arrogance but you know like because he was uh, seemed a bit younger he was youthful that's it you know so, so he had his um, boisterous energy shall we say mm-hmm. and then you went on to the kind of darker doctors because well we'll touch on that at a later stage yes but, I know um, but obviously we've got companions now which we need to compare from oh, the last no. one. Here we go so again. obviously we have the brigadier um, which we you know like in both of them but from Joe Grant to Sarah Jane mm-hmm. that, that's probably going to be the toughest that I think it's going to be from us for us apart mm. from maybe the, uh, the 10th and 11th yes um, I'd but say so as much as I love Joe Grant and I just love the adventures that she has with Pertwee and you know obviously as we just said you know like the one with, Chad, with Matt Smith as well I don't think you can't you can't take away anything from Elizabeth Sladen's portrayal of Sarah I think, Jane. I think it's almost the the companionship between Baker and Sarah Jane and Elizabeth Sladen that has m- almost made them the quintessential yeah. types of their own role Yeah, because they were so good together you know Baker's considered the quintessential classic doctor Sladen is effectively considered the quintessential companion yeah yeah, that'd be true. Um, because even whenever Tennant says whenever he was growing up, it was always, you know, the Doctor and Sarah Jane. You know, like, even though so, his Doctor was Davison. Yeah. So, um, but that's the thing is that you know as much as I loved Joe Grant, you know, um, but Sarah Jane would probably be, I would say Sarah Jane just pips because of what she did later on yes. in the Tenant series. That's I think true. if she left it there, I think I might have just went for Joe Grant just ever so slightly. Mm. But both are fantastic. And um, if, like our friend Mike Lacey, if you haven't watched any John Pertwee ones or if you haven't watched any Tom Baker ones, make sure that you watch a Sarah Jane adventure 
um, even if you watch like a David Tennant or Matt Smith one, yeah, um, you know, or the Sarah Jane Adventures, then you'll see what we mean. Because if you especially watch the Smith episode, you'll get the uh, controversial pointer where he jokes yes. about how many times he can regenerate. Yes, I could do it as many times as I want. Well, I think that was him just pleasing a child. <sighs> that yeah, sounded but they're like, oh my god, internet's broken now know, because inter- all the fanboys have went on their merry the, way. The internet just imploded. Is. But is that going to do us for Tom Baker? Yes. That'll do us for Tom Baker, everybody. So, um, as always, I've been Alan Price. He has been Chris Vint. Make sure to join us in again another few days. You're probably starting to get sick of us now. Um, for our episode dedicated to my favourite classic doctor, the fifth doctor. Peter Davison. So, yep, we'll see you in a few days, everybody, and uh, we bid you a fond farewell. Would you like a jelly, baby? I'll pass. I'll have some celery.